Hello, and welcome to Talking Tropes. In Tropes, you sing the newest Doctor. Uh, I'm David. I'm Hannah, and we're talking about Doctor Who again. Yeah, we just can't shut up about this show. Um, we're going into season 11. We are. We've got a new Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, at the helm. And a new showrunner, Chris Chibnall. Yeah. Um, and what do... What are our first impressions of this bold new direction for the show? Pretty meh. <laughs> Pretty frickin' meh. Like, um, like, I was really expecting him to come out, you know, sort of guns a-blazing with, I don't know, you know, it, it, like the show was either going to be sort of, you know, dinosaurs on a spaceship style, ludicrous and nuts, or it was going to be, you know, very character centric, like Power of Three. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of neither of those. It was just kind of like, well, we got a cast of characters. It's a little bit dark, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It. You know. I think it felt the most like a regular old TV pilot that I've ever seen. That's very true. Yeah. It felt like this could be any show. This could be supernatural. Or... Right. Well, and especially considering the first episodes for a lot of the doctors yeah um i mean like if we want to just compare like do the rundown of new who doctors real quick i mean we've got rose which is insane it's got talking trash cans and (laughs) like plastic heads getting ripped off of people and like the characters are super well defined right they're very well defined but they're also and and i would say that a lot of the side characters here are pretty well defined. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure, there's a bigger cast and they have more personality than in some previous seasons. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the cast. I like the actors. Uh, like, that's, that's I think, the biggest thing. I know we're digressing a little bit, but that's the biggest thing is that sure. I liked most of everything. Uh, I, I think I'm a little bit less enthused. I think I... Think I I didn't hate really that much, but there's still some stuff that I, I legitimately hate in this episode and we'll, and we'll get to that. Okay. Um, well, so yeah, so we got Rose, but it, but it's very bombastic and very high energy and yeah, Rose is And and and, it's very, you know, they went really over the top with the mannequins and everything. Yeah. And and it's very otherworldly. It's very alien. Um, right. And then you got, David Tennant, where there's literally a global alien invasion taking place. Yeah, and there's a lot of clever ideas, and the Doctor feels really well-defined as a character, because yeah. he's, you know, he quotes the Lion King, and then he gets in a sword fight. We know exactly who he is. Yeah, um, and then Matt Smith is, again, it's wild, goofy, childlike, literally starts with a child. Like, yeah, it's like a big old fairy tale, Yes, you know beginning to this show and that really defines sort of Moffat's style for a good long while for sure is that he's tells fairy tales Mm -hmm. um and I mean I think even through to the end there's a lot of fairy tale in in Moffat writing oh for sure but like comparing it to deep breath or pilot um are very different and then with Capaldi it's dinosaurs and yeah well i mean if you exclude the dinosaurs which at least that's like attention grabbing whereas i don't know if there's anything really attention grabbing in the woman who fell to earth but um you know the dinosaurs attention grabbing and then you follow it up with um clear evidence of a departure in tone of the show you know deep breath it feels much darker more serious the doctor's 
immediately identifiable as a grumpy grump instead of a, a goofy goof. Right. Um, yeah. And then you have this. And then you have this, which it just feels very middle of the road to me. Um, yeah. I, I, unlike you, safe. there very was safe. I would agree. Very safe. Um, there were definitely a lot of elements where I was like, ah, yes, Doctor Who. But <laughs> there are also a lot of elements that may go, ah, yes, CSI Miami. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, it, it really did feel just like a spacier police procedural, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe, maybe more NCIS because yeah. there's a little more focus on like... Ah, oh, the characters are just so likable. You wanna, you wanna be friends with them. You know, yeah. you can invite them over for dinner. I, I can honestly say I've never watched an episode of NCIS in my life. Um, oh, I have. <laughs> Jethro Gibbs. Oh boy. Um, I can also safely say that I'm pretty sure n- almost nothing in that show appeals to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it takes a lot for me to be really into a procedural, a police one especially well yeah you need you need a draw like um like a toothface yeah all right you want to talk about toothface i want to i really want to talk about toothface because i mean shit like oh is that like such a non-twist and such a non-interesting compelling baddie for the doctor to face I know. Oh my god! You, 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 The first thing you learn about him is that he pops out of a pod and he killed somebody's sister. Mm-hmm. Then he murders like another guy, and he takes his tooth. Yeah. And this is all we know about him, and we haven't seen his face. And then he goes yep. and he reveals his face. And it's toothface. And <laughs> and it's toothface. But then everybody, I don't know about everybody, but at, at least the people I was watching with. They're like, ah, what's he gonna be, a toothpaste guy? <laughs> exactly, because and... it's just like, what's the first thing you think? Okay, so he takes a tooth. Okay, he's probably keeping it as like a trophy. So he's either gonna have like a tooth necklace, or maybe like extra teeth, or yeah. maybe he's like made out of bone and he has to consume teeth, or he's like a toothpaste. I really wasn't expecting just blue guy who sticks tooth in face. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was kind of thinking that that was what it would be. But, um, <laughs> I overestimated Doctor Who. But I mean, I thought it was just going to... I thought maybe it was going to be a twist. Maybe it was a mislead. Like, maybe he doesn't need the teeth. Oh, yeah, or he needed the gold from the tooth or something. Like, fillings. Yeah, this is a sequel to Robot of Sherwood where yeah. they need gold to power their spaceship. Yeah. All right, Toothface wasn't great, and and I will say, <laughs> it was a definitely a very confusing first episode. Like there was a lot of steps to solving this mystery, you know. And, th- and yet, I feel like the only like detective work that's done is that Jodie Whittaker is like, "I'll blow up these tentacles if you don't tell me your entire plan." Yeah, and then he just kind of calmly does and tells him the entire plan. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of great like detective work that goes on. No, um, much like an episode of NCIS. Yeah, yeah. It's more about just getting us from one place to another as we unfold more of the plot, and it's more about just banter between characters. Yeah. So why don't we talk about the characters? Because I think those are a strong part of this opening. To some extent, but at the same time, I, I feel like 
a lot of the things that I, I tended to not like about large Russell T casts happens here. Okay. Um, like what? Where like, where, where like, you know, there are some characters that are just disposable. Um, you know, we all knew that Nan wasn't in the trailers, <laughs> so she's not part of the show. She was doomed so from the start. I haven't and watched she was any so... of the trailers. Well, I, I guess I, I had watched a lot of the trailers, so I knew that Nan was was doomed. I, I also guessed in, honestly, like, the bike riding scene. Like the yeah, first she's one. just so perfect, and, you know, as soon like, as she's well, gone, what? then it becomes... Just basically the conflict, the minute the conflict was introduced where he was like, I don't want to call him grandpa. Like, yeah. I was like, ah, so they're going to have to bond this season and she's probably going to die, which is like, <coughs> I think the most annoying thing I'm going to have to ding this episode for is like, you killed the black lady. Like, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, great. I don't think she was the first person to die, but still. First no, main character. the first person I think we saw die on screen was like the Indian dude whose sister. Yeah, also... I don't know what his race was, but he yeah. he died. Yeah. Um, can we talk about like can we talk about just how like confusingly shot this episode is? Yeah. Like, like the doctor when the doctor shows up and it's just like a split second with no fanfare and like we don't even really see what happens and apparently i guess she fell to earth with enough force to split open a train yeah i mean i mean that it's I, a little suspension of disbelief ish yeah I, me. I mean i can i can suspend my disbelief enough for that like like isn't isn't the doctor made out of person though? Like if a person hits a train, even going a million miles yeah, an hour, but regeneration it causes it causes a splat, not a. But like, but it wasn't. She wasn't like covered in regeneration energy. Yeah. This is called me nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, but no. But I agree that there wasn't a lot of fanfare about her arrival. There wasn't. But it wasn't like an undercut. Like it, like that wasn't the joke that like nobody noticed. Right. Like, it just that would be funny. But it's just like it's just like she was there, but then she immediately started. Um, you know, she did. Quipping. She did the doctor thing and took took charge immediately and sure, and had some nice quippy doctor lines. Um, yeah, I mean, so, okay, we should say, wait, like, talk- while I don't know if Jodie Whittaker has, like, defined herself as a doctor yet, I mean, she she's definitely, like, playing the role in a way that, that you know, classic fans should be, you know, acceptant of, you oh, know, for it, sure. it's, it's a pretty, cl- it's c- clearly the doctor. This isn't, like, a new character. Right, like, I, it's definitely the doctor. I agree that I don't think she's either she or the writers haven't yet figured out what this doctor is, like what defines her. Um, and she's a tinkerer. She's she a tinkers. tinkerer. Yep. We've, we've got that, but like she hasn't quite landed on what her doctor mannerisms are yet. Right. Cause I think every doctor sort of has theirs. Of course. And sometimes they do take a while to develop. Yeah. I don't think that David Tennant got the brainy specs until like season three. Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember either. Um, but like even just, just a way of moving. Like I, I feel like she's like halfway there, but she hasn't quite fully inhabited 
the role yet. I I think you know when when she gets that jacket, yeah, the, the jacket that'll that'll really. <laughs> You know, I will being able say, to flip that. I will and, say like, the outfit looks way better, like on screen doing stuff, than it does in all the promo like pictures. I always liked the outfit. I thought that's that's very Doctor Who to me, but it's not like it, in your face Doctor Who. It's definitely very Doctor Who, but it also was like this is the tackiest fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. Let's you know. Let's go to celery. Let's go no, to. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. No. No, know, no. No. Like like terms. Tacky and... is is totally in line with Doctor Who. We've just in the modern era had some more suavely dressed <laughs> folks. Yeah. Very true. Um. I I I do also want to bring up the fact that when she was first building these her new Sonic. Uh, yeah, I really was like, it just looks like a vibrator. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who designed this prop, but <laughs> it does. It really. Oh, my God. It really just looks... and it's like curved. It's the first mm-hmm. curved for her pleasure. Oh my god! Sorry, I saw that and I was like, I I need to share this with the world. If, if yeah, the I world... don't know if anyone else has pointed that out yet. So that's, I mean, we're that's cutting my edge hot here. take on Doctor Who. The the hottest of takes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So the other supporting characters. Um, yes. Uh, I haven't learned any of their names yet. <laughs> Give it time. Uh, I believe it's it's Yaz, right? Um, yes. Gr- Gramp. Graham. 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 Not Gramp. Yeah. Sorry. And what was the main guy's name? Uh, Ryan or something like that, right? Like. Yeah, that sounds right. I... Ryan. Yeah. We're gonna, just going to call him Ryan, whether that's his name or yeah. not. Yeah. Tweet at us. Tell us we're wrong. <laughs> at well, tell us, tropes. you know, like, why should why should we, like, know who this character Pay is? Us when a dollar on the only Patreon. thing we know about him is that he has a disability that makes it so he can't ride a bike. And his grandma, is dead. like, tortures him for it for some reason. What? Like, you better learn. You better learn to ride this bike, even though you have a disability. Oh, um, you, you ride this bike. I, I'll. I think everyone's pretty likable so far. I like the fact that it sort of showcases the. I feel like everyone had something to contribute in a perhaps like too pat way, but mm-hmm. it it felt kind of good anyway um well i I mean what did what did ryan do in like the climax that was really useful uh what did he do it was like yaz was like i'm gonna you know control this crane and ryan was like i will google how to control this crane yeah but i mean like that's that's just like the fact that I guess it's not that impressive. But just, I thought I thought Ryan was going to play a much bigger role in the finale, similar to like Rose in Rose. Yeah. Where like her gymnastics saves the day. I thought he was going to have to like ride a bike to save the world or something. Oh, I didn't think that. But I did cry a little bit when he at the end of the episode, when it shows him going back out and riding the bike a lot of times and failing. Hmm. I, I don't have much of an emotional connection to my memory of learning to ride a bike. I, I don't either. And I don't think it was about that. I think it was like, clearly this is how he's dealing with his grief over his grandmother. And sure. like, 
the way that he's doing that is by persevering in a thing that he was really ready to give up on, but that she thought was important. And yeah, it's a little dumb that that thing is riding a bike and not like applying to be a mechanic somewhere like you were talking about earlier to Yaz, but (laughs) but whatever. Can't wait for your mechanic Um, skills to to be useful later. On a a nitpicky side note, um, why why are they trying to ride this bike on top of a mountain? Yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. Like, I'd hang out on top of that mountain doing just about anything. Right, but, like, they had to, like, just drag the bike up there, right? I mean, it's not like they drove. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so and like it's not like he can ride a bike up a mountain so they just kind of like carried it up there so that they could dry ride in a straight line yeah that's that's true (laughs) i i think you know as far as like character building moments and i think a lot of this show is just gonna have to be moments just because the cast is so big that you know it's gonna be hard to like give everyone their own episodes i don't know if that's true i mean we'll have to see well you know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm right. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. But um, I liked the moment where Graham goes to, um, you know, you know, has a plot solving moment where he asks a bus driver because that's what old people do. They they ask bus drivers things. Well, I I love that he has this like network of old dudes who just know things around town, and some of them are bus drivers and like <laughs> yeah. I like it I like that me about a lot him. Of uh, Wilfred when he's got that team of old people yeah who go and find the doctor. It reminded me of that. It did remind me of that. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic that we're not just gonna retread Wolf territory with. Gramp, but I am also a little bit nervous that it's it's kind of just going to be a retread, which while Wolf is great and I love it, like it feels lazy to do the same thing, you know? I mean, it feels like what we've definitely got is rather than Wolf's thing, which is just, you know, I've been waiting my whole life for some excitement and now it's finally coming. This is a guy who's like, I think I should have died because I had cancer and now my wife is dead. Yeah. And I've got this step-grandson who, you know, resents me for replacing his his father figure who who left and never came back. Right. So that's a relationship we got to work on. I mean... You know, there's something there. I'm a little bit excited to see the doctor be his dad <laughs> slash mom, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Like, I, I just don't think I, I don't think I would even want that, but maybe that's where it's going. I don't know. I don't know. I it, I think it could be really interesting. It could also go horribly, horribly wrong in so many different ways. Um, yeah. But I, again, that's that's my takeaway from this is that I am cautiously optimistic. I'm excited to get to know these characters better. Um, yeah. I like there's not a character where I'm like. Ugh, why are they on the show? Like, like, there's yeah, no one's no one's just hateable or despicable. Yeah. Um, the way that I felt like you know Mickey was just so disposable. Yeah. In season one. Yeah. And like nobody wanted him around. Mm-hmm. There's nobody like that here. You're you're absolutely right. There's no Mickey. I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you. I feel like, but it's mainly due to Chris Chibnall as a writer of plot. Yeah. Which I think suffers in this one. Um, cause I don't know what this episode is about. 
I would agree. I don't know that there is a larger message to this episode at all. But like, I could definitely see that there was a message in, in Rose. I mean, that was about a girl's working in a shop, but she can still save the world. Yeah. You know, it was a class thing. And then there was also some stuff about consumerism because there were mannequins, but they were all shopping mannequins. Yeah, I, I think um, it was for, about something. For those of you who have listened to our previous Doctor Who episodes the past two weeks, thank you. <laughs> um, but also, I think. <laughs> thank you, you. Thank you. Um, but I think you would also agree that even the Russell T. Davy episodes, which are about really basic stuff like capitalism bad hating yeah. gay people they're about bad. something they're about something and like moffats are uh, maybe simplistically about basic philosophy sometimes and right like, or even like the ones that aren't about anything like interesting like that they're always sort of meta commentaries on the show itself or about the genre or something you know there's it's an episode written by Stephen Moffat is saying something about something. Right. An it, episode it, written by Russell T is saying something about society. Yeah, they both have agendas, um, which I think any sci-fi show worth its salt sort of should. Um, yeah, I mean, Star Trek is about social issues. Yeah, um, Battlestar Galactica know. is also about... It often is about social issues. But it's more issues. about, like... I, I feel like Battlestar Galactica almost is more about, like, religion and, sure. you know, high-level philosophy concepts. It's got more in common with Moffat than Russell T. But, um, yeah, but some episodes are just about elections and about politics. You're, you're right. I mean, it's definitely about politics as well. Yeah. Um, but, but either way, the point still stands. Sci-fi shows are usually about something larger than the plot that's happening. And I think that's right. the reason why this reminded me of a procedural so much is because yeah. there wasn't anything really <laughs> bigger at stake. Right. What is NCIS about? Yeah, it's not. Well, it's about a bunch of people who are good going up against people committing crimes who are bad. Yeah. And, and that's what this is about. And they're likable Two-Face is a bad guy. Exactly. It's like they're they're likable people who are on a team working to stop the bad guy. And sometimes there's interpersonal drama or like personal stakes, but it's very rarely about like <laughs> what's the difference between stealing a loaf of bread to feed your family and stealing a loaf of bread to fuck someone over you know like yeah it's not really about what it is to be good yeah the doctor doesn't like two-face because a he's a murderer and, and he's, B, a cheater. he's a cheater so i, I mean Great. i guess that's one thing we know about this doctor not into cheaters but like who is i mean yeah. fair play is like a well actually i get maybe it is different because i don't know like matt smith never cared about fair play mm-hmm that was one Peter thing. Peter Capaldi didn't care about fair play. I, I do have to, I don't know. The fair play thing sort of rubbed me the wrong way just because those Same. specific words just really sound like a kindergarten teacher a little bit. It reminded me of the, the last scene of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, yeah. Where SpongeBob, uh, you know, finally gets to the end and they've they've they think they've saved the day. But then it turns out 
you know, Plankton had like a gambit the whole time that it turns out he had, was in control. Uh-huh. And then SpongeBob says, Plankton cheated. <laughs> and Plankton's like, there's no such thing as cheating because I'm a bad guy. Huh? Yeah. And that's what this guy is. Yeah, he's a he's bad, a bad guy. guy. He's a cheater. Like Plankton from SpongeBob. <laughs> I, I look forward to uh, some more villains. That are... Oh God! Maybe can we talk about some of the plot stuff? Yeah. real quick, like from a writer's standpoint. Let's do it. H- Hannah, what is the point of a ticking clock? Oh, it's supposed to make there be tension in the plot. Yeah. Oh, so he did. Try why to, would you put in a Chris ticking Chibnall clock thing. with no tension? What? Sorry. He did the Chris Chibnall thing of ticking clock, and I didn't even realize it because the stakes were so low. Yeah. Chris Chibnall likes ticking clocks. He did an episode called 42, which is just a ticking clock. Yeah. He also put ticking clocks in, I think, Power of Three. And then and I think also Dinos in on Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. They're in like all of his uh, previous episodes. Like a ticking clock. I mean, they, they exist in all types of fiction. Sure. Um, They're but not in science fiction, bad. they can be very literal. Yes. Because sometimes a bomb is going to go off. In this case. In your clavicle. Yeah. But I wasn't worried about that at all for exactly. even a second. Like it was a, that's the other thing that Chris Chibnall does is he has bad ticking clocks. Like a ticking clock is supposed to tick. You have to hear the tick or it's not a ticking clock. Yeah. Idiot. Like, so one time Graham brings up like, hey, don't we have bombs in our chest? Shouldn't there be more tension in this scene? Yeah. And the doctor's like, no, shut up. <laughs> There's no tension. I'll get rid of the tension off screen in a second. Why? What, what are you doing, Chris? Yeah. And like, I know why he's doing it. It's because he wants the doctor to always have the upper hand in any situation. Right, but that's but, boring. But I, it is boring. And I think it's something that previous showrunners and previous writers are are a little bit better about in that the doctor will always have the upper hand, but the doctor doesn't always let either his opponent or the audience know that he has. And it's never that he just did the thing off screen. Yeah. That's the important thing. Yeah. He might reveal something that he, um, that, that he knew that he didn't tell us about, but he always like does the thing while we're watching. Yes. For sure. I mean, compare it to, you know, there's a similar sort of twist, like I had the upper hand all along in the 11th hour, which is one of my favorite episodes. I know a lot of people don't like it, Um, but he's, you know, he's got like a phone and the, the, uh, you know, in the end he, he tricked, you know, he gets the aliens to track down the phone um, because he took the phone right to the bad alien that they were trying to track down. And then the alien's like, I'll just take a new form. And then he's like, nope, you won't, because this cell phone has pictures of every form that you've ever taken. And we were shown that phone earlier, but we didn't know the context of it. So then when it's recontextualized, it's like a it's like a twist. It's a good reveal. Exactly. And this one, it's like off screen. I took the bombs and put them in you. I tinkered. Ha ha. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, And we're back to Russell T. era ideas about why murder is wrong. 
Yeah. Um, where the doctor is free to murder and then judge the fuck out of other people who murder. I mean, the doctor murdered this guy. Let's be real. He, she murdered Tooth Toothface. Yeah, she did. I mean, if you let somebody detonate a bomb that they think is in you, but you actually put it inside them without telling them, that is called you murdered them. Yep. That's a murder surprise. And then she gets really mad at the other guy, the 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 uh, the target for pushing him off a cliff. He was gonna die anyway from yep. bombs that you put in him. Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, at Chris Chibnall. You just oh god, can you can you outsource plot writing to somebody better? <laughs> Well, I mean, he's not going to write every episode, so there right. is that. Um, he's only going to write the most important ones, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, no, but I'm I'm still against. I'm still cautiously optimistic. You're pessimistic. I'm dangerously pessimistic. I live on the edge. You live of on pessimism. the edge, but but hey, you get the fun surprise of being delighted every now and again when you love that. Yeah, way. I, I I'm sure that there will be episodes in this season that I will adore. Yeah. Um, because this show, I mean, this show, it's it's bringing in new viewers and old viewers, viewers who stopped watching. You know, it's bringing in a lot of new people because it feels new. Yeah. And I think that's what it's trying to feel like. Definitely. What exactly is the new thing? Is it that it's dark or that there's more characters or... That's that's the other thing is that I that can't That the doctor's quite, a woman. I can't quite put my finger on the tone and that's why I keep going back to procedural because like it's like there are goofy and funny moments and things that are said but there's nothing like uproariously hilarious like there's a lot less comedic banter yeah. than in russell or even moffat episodes. yeah why well, yeah especially moffat um yeah there's just like not a lot of banter um not a, not a ton of comedy um but also it wasn't like capaldi serious dark broody gloom and doom stuff either no it's just kind of there yeah it's it's that frustratingly middle of the road procedural stuff again it's a it's a plate of spaghetti it no is meatballs a, that's that's a great way to put it it is a plate of, of spaghetti with no meatballs um i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping for some meatballs though yeah, serve them up spicy style, Chibnall. And you're just hoping you don't find a hair. Yeah, well, we can always send it back. Or a finger. You know, I'll, I'm going to leave on this, which is... Um, sure. My, my final words are this. Toby Whithouse is a really good writer. He wrote The God Complex and the Before the Flood two-parter. And he's been quoted as saying he didn't want to take over after Moffat. He, you know, he didn't want to have to be compared to, to Moffat. So, so we'll give Chris a season and then, uh, we'll give Chris a season and then hand it over to a real writer. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. Um, I think my, my final thoughts are I'm enjoying Jody. I'm enjoying these, these new babs, these new babes, the goons, um, the new goons, the goon squad. 
the Goonies. I don't know. I'm just riffing. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying these characters. I hope the plot improves. I guess we'll see. Yeah, and uh, and we'll leave it at that for now. Um, see you later, Toothface Space Cowboy. Toothface forever!